Welcome to Kohler Mania. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're excited that you're back as we continue in our mini series of the culture influences on our children. I am Tanya. And I'm Michael. And today we're going to talk about uh, a couple topics here, uh, music, videos, and movies. Really what it is that we are bringing into our homes and how that could influence our children. The culture can have a lot of trendy things going on out there, but we need to be diligent on what we are going to allow in our homes. I know that uh, there's a lot of Christians out there that listen to secular music, and there's some Christians that do not listen to any secular music. You know, where do you draw the line? Uh, for our family, we are really focused on all Christian worship music. That is what we listen to. We love exalting the Lord. We love praising Him. And those are just our go-to music, just everything. And we listen to everything in Spanish. So a lot of our music is pretty much, I would say 99% Spanish. I mean, there's some songs that have English and Spanish, but we truly have made that decision. I think even before you and I uh, met, Michael, I know that I was completely conformed over to Christian music. I'm sure you were listening to Christian music most of your life, but there was a transition for me as a follower of Jesus Christ when I gave my life to the Lord and I began to allow the Holy Spirit to change my thought and just the things that were coming into my ears and into my heart to just really say, okay, I really just want the word of God in my heart. And I really just want music that is God honoring. And so music can really play a part in our children's lives, especially teenagers. Uh, growing up as a non-believer, I mean, a lot of the secular music was what I listened to, of course. And wow, there was just a lot of words that when I think back at it, it is just very either belittling or very sexualized. And are those the things that we want our children to listen to? And there may not be songs that are secular that are not sexualized, but, you know, we got to be careful. And what are the words saying? What is it talking about? Who is it talking to? And what is the ultimate message of the song and really analyzing what that is? And so I believe that it's important as we stand on the Deuteronomy 6 principle of teaching our children in the way they should go by teaching them the word of God day in and day out. When they walk along the way, just everything that we do is consumed by God's word. What do you think about music, Michael? Yeah. I mean, if we think of music as worship, then when we're singing, what are we worshiping? You know, and, and a lot of music is, is love. You know, that's kind of the big thing, especially in the secular world. It's just love in general and all these romantic love and almost worshiping just the concept of love. And, you know, in that sense, we can become too love focused that everything is about romantic love versus whether we want to really develop in our child the sense of, you know, marrying out of love, but a deeper love, agape love, a love that looks out for another 
person and love is not just everything, but also looking for qualities in the other person that's good, you know, that's godly and that has good character and things like that. Whereas, you know, sometimes just worshiping love in general can get us off on the wrong path. There are churches that just worship love and everything is just about love and not about sound doctrine and discipleship. And that's how much worshiping love can just really get us off the wrong path, even in our churches. And and then, of course, you know, a lot of the music can be very risque and a lot of bad language. And what are we exposing our children to? Are we worshiping the culture through our music? Or are we worshiping the Lord through our music? That's why God created music, to worship Him. And what distracts mm-hmm. us from that is when we use music to worship other things. And, you know, how do we lead our children into using music to worship the Lord and not worship the culture. Yeah, I agree with you. And I just have, I want my heart to always be singing in worship. And so my daughter sees when I'm worshiping in the car, we're worshiping together. So it's lived out. My life is being lived out in front of my daughter. She can see that, you know, I'm singing in the bathroom about a song that we just sang at Spanish church. And then I hear her singing it. And it's just, it's really reflecting like God is real in my life and I desire him. So really evaluate the type of music that is being brought into the home to really see, you know, is it glorifying God and what can we do to, to make changes if it's not? And and ask the Lord for forgiveness and guidance and he will help you to transition those things that seem very like, oh, it's just a simple thing. But no, these are big things that it, because we have to remember Music enters into our souls. It's into our hearts. And what goes into our hearts is in our minds. And then that comes out of our mouth because I begin to think about those worship songs in my mind. And so my mind is set on things that are above. And then my mouth comes out with the word of God. We really want to put that into action. Now, I want to transition into videos. So video games, we talked about technology in the previous podcast, but video games for us, it's a no. <laughs> it's a plain out no. And I have a very close sister in Christ, dear, dear woman, very wise. Um, her children are pretty much almost grown up. And she had advised us even before we were pregnant, said, don't ever open the gateway of video games. She's like, I implore you, do not do it. It is the worst thing I've ever done in my life. And it has caused issues in my child's heart. Michael and I are not video gamers, so it's not a big issue for us. That's not a stumbling block, but it was something that it was like, wow, even the simple little children games online is really important to stay away from those for our family because it becomes addictive. And I know you had talked about it, Michael, in the previous podcast about technology can be so addictive and then we want more and more and more. And then next thing you know, you've spent six hours on something that you've wasted time, which you could have been creative and things like that. And so I see a lot of children doing video games at young ages um, with cell phones and iPads as young as like two and three years old. 
And indiscriminately. I mean, it seems like they're able to choose to play the video games whenever they want to. And that's what the big issue is. I know we're all going to have different ideas on whether we should abstain from it completely or if we just have teach moderation and show them how to have limits on it. We all draw the line differently. We put it at abstinence as much as we can. Let's just try to keep it that influence away as long as we can, because it's too distracting from everything else that we're trying to do. But if you allow some video games with your children, you got to put limits on it. Uh, my brother is a school teacher and he has one middle school student that comes to school solely to sleep. And all the teachers just allow him to, to just come to school to sleep because they've given up. There's no way to just keep him awake because he spends all night playing video games and then comes to school to sleep. There's where definite limits need to be placed. It's mm-hmm. It can be so addicting, some more so with some kids than others, but you never know how far it's going to be taken until you open that door. But, you know, I've seen other parents that say, well, you can play a video game for a half hour today and they put very definite Mm -hmm. limits on it from there. You know, how successful they are with that, I don't know, because then, you know, they go over to friends' houses and then play, you know, video games for a longer time. But it still can be distracting. It can be addicting. It can shorten attention spans. There's harmful content in video games, violence and sex and other things that can influence and disciple our children in the wrong way. There's dangers from the internet, playing video games on the internet and with strangers and, and things like that. And so, you know, there, there's issues with video games that we have to be on top of and place limits on. And we can't just allow kids to just have free reign and access to that, even at a young age, because we're setting the precedent. Mm -hmm. If they're able to just play whatever video game, even an innocent game for as long as they absolutely want, that child's going to become a teenager and then play teenage video games. So we got to be looking forward and looking ahead. Always be 10 steps ahead as a parent. Right. And it's discernment. It goes back to discernment and wisdom. And as parents, we can see what the culture is doing. We can see what those are around us are doing. But, you know, we want to really reflect God's character. And that's not to say, okay, if you're playing video games, you're in big trouble, you're ungodly. No, that's not the case. It's just really evaluating. Is that something that is obsessive in your home? Is it taking away from the things of the Lord? And as parents, are we too busy that we just say, okay, just play on it for two or three hours so that I can just get these things done. I mean, these are big questions that we have to evaluate our hearts, especially if we are parents who are at home with our children and we're like, we feel overwhelmed because we can't get a lot of stuff done. And so if I could just entertain my child for a couple hours, I can get this done. But the next thing you know, two hours becomes four hours and four hours becomes six. Then it becomes to where your child gets adjusted to those time frames and it becomes a little bit more addicting. So video games are definitely something that um, should be evaluated and considered in the home. And is it glorifying to the Lord? So I want to move now into movies. You know, what kind of movies are we allowing in our homes? There's so many movies out there. I 
haven't watched a secular movie in since I was probably I, I can't even remember uh, before Christ. I don't know. I really try to stick to Christian movies or movies that are more based on true stories. And if it is a, a secular movie or something, a football or something like that, you know, I feel like those are are good movies. But I still want to be evaluating what we're watching and. Michael and I are so busy that we don't have time for movies. If we do, it's like a big deal. Yeah, I kind of miss movies myself a little bit. I used to, as a single person, when I had more time, I I used to watch more movies. I I didn't have cable TV. I just had the rabbit ears TV. I just didn't want to pay to watch TV and was real big into saving money and such. But then there's nothing on TV. And so I would get bored. And, you know, I accumulated some DVDs of movies that I I usually like to watch some action movies or some war movies and things like that. Um, I didn't like anything that had bad content in it necessarily, but you know, it's, I would enjoy a good movie or or so, but yeah, as as once I got married, it's like, okay, the time for movies has gone right out the window. (laughs) Yeah. um, It's because there's so much going on with life, you know, and we don't do a lot of TV for entertainment or we're busy. We need you to watch this. Uh, but one of the things that we tend to watch is biblical based movies. So we have been on this kick for a year and a half on the promised Messiah. And it's a, a beautiful, uh, Christian movie and it's all regarding exalting the Lord, Mary and Joseph. And it's just something that we keep watching over and over and over because our daughter just loves it. But it would be such a great thing if, you know, more Christian companies could make these Christian movies because it would just give us more options. And I know it's because we, we need to support them more. But the, the one thing I do want to bring up is we do not, I said it in the very first uh, podcast of the series is that we do not support Disney. Disney is not anything that we want to be a part of, and especially any kind of Disney movies, any of the Cinderella, Princess, Frozen, those movies, we just do not want to have any kind of association to them, especially I know over the last couple of years, Frozen has um, initiated some of the LGBTQA mentality in it by having different gay characters, by having different LGBTQA characters, and also like the superheroes that's also been incorporated. And I know just with some of the recent things and controversy around the Toy Story, that has been um, another one where just queer and bisexual and lesbian, all kinds of LGBTQA characters are being brought into these innocent movies to sexualize our children. And that has just been very heartbreaking to me. And it gets me worked up even more. So it allows me to speak out more. And as believers, if we are tied to that, we really need to ask ourselves why. Why are we tied to these movies? Are we going to miss out on something? Are we going to be different from the culture? Yes. But does it matter? No. And I think these are things that we have to ask ourselves throw away all the Disney movies. What's going to happen if we throw them away? We don't listen to them. What's going to happen if we don't go to these Disney parks 
nothing. It's going to make Disney make a change and maybe they'll change for good. But right now, Babylon is in place uh, and we need to make sure that we are protecting our children and the salt and light situation, which we talked about earlier, is sending our children out to be salt and light or allowing our children to speak about the Lord, but then doing things of the world. We need to really consider, can a three-year-old be a salt and light in the world? That's a question, you know, can that really happen? Can you send your child to um, a foreign country to be a missionary at three and four to be salt and light? No, of course not. I'm not going to send my child without preparing her and helping her and teaching her before she gets to go on a mission trip. I need to spend a lot of quality time to teach what the word of God says so that they have the opportunity to defend themselves. I just do not see that a five-year-old, a six-year-old, a seven-year-old can do that. You can be swayed by the world and quickly fall away. So it's really important for us to evaluate what we're seeing because what we're seeing enters into our minds and then that enters into our hearts, which will then reflect our desires. I like what you're saying there. And the worldly agenda is everywhere and it's being pushed everywhere by a very liberal uh, movie industry. It's in all the movies. It's in children's movies where they're pushing this agenda. We need to know what's in the movies that we're allowing our children to watch, what's in the movies that we're allowing myself to watch. And if that means, you know, looking at the reviews to know what's what's in it, looking at Christian reviews, watching the movie yourself yeah. before you let your children watch it to see what's in there and and don't think that anything is is harmless oh, okay so two women kissed what is what does that mean that's discipling your children that's saying that that is okay right. you know when you're trying to yeah. hopefully teach your child that is an unbiblical relationship that mm-hmm. goes against what the bible is saying and so we got to realize that even the smallest messages or even something that's just seems like is discreet sometimes those are the most powerful message that just says loudly this is normal this is okay this is the way the rest of the world is when you believe something different you're just weird you know and so we've got to make sure we're not exposing our our children to agenda stuff that's pushed in a lot of these movies or, you know, just harmful content, man, there's some great movies out there and I wish they wouldn't have every other word is a cuss word to me. That's just in ruins the movie. It's like, you just give a horrible feeling that, why am I here? I shouldn't be watching this and exposing myself to this language or these horrible sexualized jokes or imagery. It's like, they don't need to be included in the movie. Why is it? Do we really need to be tantalized like yeah. that? You know, why can't we just have a movie that just entertains innocently? You know, I wish all movies were like that, but um, you know, unfortunately, you know, we have to watch out. You know, where are we going to draw the line? Is a cuss word here or there okay for our children to watch? Is a sexualized image or scene okay for our, our children to watch? At the very least, if it's on video, we got to fast forward it. But you know, we got to know what's in the movie. Before they see it as discipling them, are we discipling them to a very worldly kind of outlook that's saying all this stuff is okay, stuff that's that's non-biblical, that the Bible, what God says in the Word of God is just very wrong, very yeah. pagan. 
And you said it just right because it is pagan. And this is not what God has for us as families. I mean, we went without technology and all these things and movies and stuff in biblical times, but I'm sure they had all kinds of things that they had to keep their eyes and their hearts ready and prepared so that they would know how to stand. I think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said that they would not bow down to this king. Why? Why? Because their parents discipled them, because their parents prepared them, because their parents poured into their hearts. They were teenagers, so they knew that they could stand against this king, even if it was to death. And so we have to teach our children, is this appropriate for us to watch? Are these videos good for our hearts? Is this song really glorifying God? Like, what is it that we are doing that is in our homes that we need to purge and is really important to start thinking about that. What are you going to purge from your life? What are you going to do to glorify God? What are you going to do to change your heart so that your children can see, wow, my my mom, my dad is doing that differently. We used to do it this way, but why? Provoking those questions. And so this is just a great podcast to talk through these things for us to share our hearts around what we're doing and encourage you as families in Christ to really evaluate those things in our homes. What can we do to stand against the culture is so critical because our children, they're the next generation. They are the ones that will carry the baton into their children. And don't we want that? Don't we want grandchildren that are just so fervent for Christ? May it be God's will that we can see our grandkids and may we see them carry the baton. I mean, that would just be an amazing, leaving a godly legacy. So begin to think about these things, be prayerful about them, and may the Lord show you and guide you into his truth to be a light and stand against the culture and to stand on the word of God. So with that, we end this podcast. Join us next time as we talk about dressing and trends and friends and sleepovers. You know, what do we do about that? How do we handle that? And what does the culture say about it? So until next time, God bless.